So this is the fourth of five talks on John 1, 1 to 14. And we have reflected on the meaning of the word, word, life, light. And today we're talking about the fact that we become, we become children of God. And today is going to be about three responses. Our response, God's response, and then our response. The end point is the fact that this amazing gift is free. And so extraordinary that Jesus then says, now go and tell all nations. But that's the end of the sermon before the beginning, so I'm afraid we're going a bit longer. What about our response? Well, I was thinking today about the jump of thought that we make when we come to faith. This happened to me in 1986. Our daughter Claire, who incidentally we saw on Friday, Georgia Rose, is beautiful, of course, my granddaughter. But it was Claire's at baptism here in 1986 with Timothy Watson that I started becoming argumentative with Timothy Watson. <laughs> Never. <laughs> and he said, Nigel, keep thinking. You're doing figures of eight, but keep thinking. It'll come to you. And indeed, met somebody later on that year, Keith DeBerry, who explained the gospel in a way that I could understand. And I had a 180-degree turn in my own thought, whereas thinking about others, I thought and really I turned back and looked at myself and realized that, yes, I was very badly in need of the peace of mind and forgiveness and hope and all those other things that come through faith. I was sitting on Burrow Mump in the sunset on a November evening and recommitted my life. Some of you know that story. It was a great day, a turning point day. Looking back, a turning point day. I'm talking with somebody now. Amazing. Extraordinary conversation. As somebody who I believe needs to make that jump. I was talking with a colleague of mine at the university about this and about this moment of coming to faith and he said, yes, of course, before you learn to swim, you've got to at some point jump in. Some people describe coming to faith as jumping in and realizing that you can swim. Another picture for me is, which is for me more real, is the concept of starting a relationship. And when you meet a person you love, you realize you love that person, and at some point you say, as the saying goes, you step off the curb with that person. And you say to yourself, yes, I'm going to commit myself to that person. And when that person is the right person, of course that leads to a life long love and life. And coming to faith in a way is like that, that comes that you come to know enough about the person to say, I love that, I love him, I want to know more about him, Jesus Christ. I will step off the curb and go with him. That then starts, I believe, a process of life-long learning. We go on learning all our lives. But the moment of faith, it happened to me in 1986, was when you say, yes, yes, I like this man. 
I love this man. I believe in this man. I want what this man, Jesus Christ, is offering. And so we see that in this passage that Pippa read now, we see that Jesus came, was incarnate, this fact, as I mentioned right at the start of this service, unique fact of Christianity, that Jesus, the Son of God, the Word, there before the world began, becomes incarnate and lives on earth. And he came, born, and yet he was not recognized. He goes to his own, and his own did not receive him. And I was thinking about this, and just have the picture here of Jesus then, as now, being in one sense totally countercultural. What he was saying was bonkers in the minds of the people with whom he was talking when he came on earth. They wanted the mighty warrior king. Who is this person, they said. What he was talking about was in one sense off the wall. It just did not make worldly sense. But all the time he was there with this invitation. I'd like to read to you the invitation that Peter spells out at the end of that amazing Pentecost sermon when he eventually says to him, Therefore, let all Israel be assured that this God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. That's the end of his sermon. And he could at that point have said to them, And the police are coming to get you. So watch it. You've done wrong. He could have said that, but he didn't. Because when the people turned round, they says, a cut to the heart, they said, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter simply says this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. What a invitation at the end of that Pentecost sermon. And as we know, Peter that day spent all day explaining and pleading and 3,000 came to faith. If you like, the church grew from 12 to 3,012 in one day. So we have this amazing invitation and that surely is our response to those who did believe in him. He gave the right to become children of God. His invitation to believe in his name, believe in Jesus, the Son of God, believe in Jesus, the Word made flesh, believe in Jesus there since before the beginning, believe in Jesus, our salvation, believe in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus, the vine. So our response is to believe in this man. The second response is God's response to that belief. And this is a fact. It's not a sort of half fact or conditional fact. John writes that to all those who did believe, God's response is to give us the right to become children of God. Children of God, children out of this world, not of natural descent, John says, 
children of God, out of this world. Not of our own decision-making, John says. Not of human decision or a husband's will. But born of God. And this surely is also extraordinary. We are right to pause and say, hang on a minute. Really? Really? Us? With all our flaws? Really? And the answer is yes. Absolutely yes. This extraordinary fact. So finally, surely, is our response to God's response to our response. I can remember that moment I described to you before when I was on Burrow Mump in 1986, that moment when I finally clicked was simply because I realized that what Keith DeBerry explained, and there are others here who came to faith over Keith DeBerry mission, I realized that I badly, badly, badly wanted that. Peace of mind and peace. I can remember the feeling. I was in St. Matt's, Widcombe, recently. I went there. My friend Tim Buckley was leading an evening of worship. And they sang Amazing Grace. And I was singing Amazing Grace in a service full of beautiful worship. And the verse, the, the words at the end of verse 2, how amazing did that grace appear the hour I first believed. And I was taken at that moment in St. Matt's this summer, right back to 1986, sitting on Borough Mump. And I was in tears. Because the Lord was reminding me, Nigel, remember your first love. Remember that moment. And I was, I was taken right back to that moment. I had realized that for me, I got a lot of junk in the way. It's good junk, perhaps, but it's junk in the way. It's good to remember that first moment, our response, this extraordinary feeling of gratitude, of hope. So, so good. And those of us, and many of us here, are involved in pastoral ministry. Ministry alongside the people who are unwell, people who are dying. And the moment when we can enable that person to know again the presence of the Lord really close to them, welcoming It's free. It's free to all who believe. So our response is to believe. God's response is to say, yes, come. You are children of God. And our response then is to say, wow. Thank you.